a big part about your growth in business is admitting that you're making mistakes or that you're needing to change, right? Recognizing the, the need for change. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is going to be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you want to get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you. And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are going to be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out. I'll see you there. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, on these Hump Day Hustles is Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Todd? I am doing fantastic. Uh, what's, what do you got going on? What's new? Anything? I'm uh, still working on my book. and um, Always? Yeah, it's a lot of work, but uh, I'm getting there. Right now, I'm writing about buying and selling mortgage notes. How is writing a book? Is it exhaustive? Uh, is it enjoyable? Uh, or is it maybe somewhere in between? What, what's, so, uh, what's been your experience? Somewhere in between. Like once I get rolling in a session of writing, then it's really enjoyable because mm -hmm. I'm learning, I'm you know, creating. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's getting started on a, on a writing session. It's like, ah, uh, writer's block sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose you just got to kind of sit down and do it. So do you time block like a big chunk of time or are you like just taking like an hour or half an hour and uh, plugging away at it and then going back to it? How, how do you do it? For me, what works best is to have a you know, kind of a page uh, focus of like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get this many pages taken uh, care of in this okay. session. And, I, and then uh, I, I can see my progress as I'm writing like, oh, okay, you know, I'm almost there. I can keep going. Sure. Sure. As you write then, like, let's say you got 10 pages done. Uh, the next day you get another 10 pages done and, and so on. And, and now all of a sudden you've got whatever, 30, 40, 50 pages done. You're probably not doing 10 pages in a day, but you get my point. Um, do you go back and like read, do some of that or does do you feel like you get it to where it's okay, we got it down and we're just continuing to uh, so far, just continuing to go uh, move on. I, I'm going to have to go back and re-go over things uh, before I send it to um, editors, though. Yeah, see how the flow feels, yeah. reading through it and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Interest, very interesting. I mean, I've thought about writing a book. I actually had somebody recently uh, send me a text message, hey, when are you going to write a book? And I'm like, I got no clue. Like, right now, it's it's in the back of my mind, but it's like way back there, Right. Uh, so I'm sure I'll do it at some point in time. And I don't even know what it's about, you know, like right now it's like, okay, I could write about multifamily. I could write about all kinds of, uh, different stuff with multifamily, but you know, also could write about uh, pillars of wealth creation. I could write about my experiences on this podcast and you know, the different things I've learned here. So I, there's all kinds of ideas, but 
for me right now, man, it, it seems like a world away to be able to write a book. Well, you've got some great stories of like, your experiences, the challenges you faced, you know, when the, the cops uh, uh, practically <laughs> arrested you outside one of your residences. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I, I could probably just do stories. And the other day I was actually thinking, man, I need to be writing down the stuff that my kids say. And my, my son, especially, he's just like this, he's just hilarious. And the things he says and does, like the things he does, it's, it's like off the wall. Um, that could be a book in itself. It, so like, it might not even be a real estate or business book. It might just be like a, a book on how wacky my kids are. So we'll see. That's fine. <laughs> so let's talk about today's topic, which we're going to talk about mistakes and it's not necessarily mistakes, but, uh, you know, maybe things that we've learned, lessons that we've learned along the way in maybe different you know, maybe differences that things that we would do differently again, or, you know, whatever. So we're going to be talking about that today. And obviously a big part about your growth in business is admitting that you're making mistakes or that you're needing to change, right? Recognizing the, the need for change and the need for growth is, is big as well. So I think that's really important that people understand like, you don't necessarily have to beat yourself up about it, but you have to acknowledge that, okay, I could do things differently. Um, we need to learn from what we've done and we need to positively shift in the right direction. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today and definitely super important part about business growth. If you're going to grow as a business, you always need to be reflecting upon what you've done in the past. And again, it's like, like you said, mistake is maybe a harsh word for it because sometimes it's, Look, I mean, that was a good business experience, uh, but moving forward, we should be doing it this way. Um, so that's kind of what I what we want to hit on. Um, I'll kind of go first, and then I'll let you go, and then I'll probably add like fifteen other mistakes that I've made along the way. So I've talked about this before, but one of the the bigger mistakes I've made, and I've made this several times, quite frankly are very similar. And by the way, making a mistake once is one thing, but making it a uh, second or third time, uh, shame on you. So for, for me, for this one, this has been a shame on me type of thing. And, and I am very careful now that I, I don't make this same mistake. Uh, but it's, it's dealing with attorneys and not really using attorneys for contracts. And the, the main one that I, I've mentioned before to other people is that we when I was at, back in my flipping days, uh, flipped a flip, pre-flipped a house. So we sold it to the end user prior to us doing, doing the work. And, uh, and then we retained the contract to be the general contractor on it. I had my contractors, my general contractor's license. And so we maintained the contract to do the work. And, and as we were doing the work, that was great, but we didn't have really solid contracts in place. And we didn't have good change orders in place. And this couple kept on requesting change order after change order after change order after change order. And they were through email. So I thought this was just fine, right? Um, but there wasn't necessarily a pricing structure or anything like that. When it got time for the final bill, I sent them the final bill with all the change orders. And they said, we're not going to pay this. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, let's talk about it. Tried to try to work with them on some pricing. Um, 
and uh, you know, I gave them some options and then said, well, why don't you guys think about it? And then let's, let's talk, you know, again tomorrow. And tomorrow came and they didn't talk to me, except I did get a call from their attorney saying they're going to sue me. And so ended up losing about $70,000 through all the the process, through my attorney fees, all that kind of stuff. And it was a mess. Um, A lot of stress, man. Oh my gosh. The the time and energy that that took, that took away from my business. Not only did I lose that money, but I probably lost an additional $70,000 or who knows how much. I mean, just, just the time and effort that it took the distraction that it was the like the feeling of man I did something wrong even though like I feel like yeah I did do something wrong I didn't have the contracts but when you're getting sued you just feel like a dirt ball at least I did uh I've never had that I've never had somebody try to sue me before and it was it was just crazy and it, and it could have all been avoided or at least minimized with attorneys that wrote up the contractor contracts. Simple as that. Like have that stuff in place. Do it the right way. And, and I've made that mistake, not probably not since then, but prior to that, I had some other times where I didn't have good, strong contracts and nothing had really bitten me hard like that one. Um, but, you know, didn't have good, strong contracts and and uh, things went sideways and it, you know, just causes difficulties where if we would have had a good, strong contract, it would have been simple, easy, spelled out. Right. So I think that's a, that's a big one for me. And uh, I, I won't do business now without it, especially because a lot of times I'm dealing with investors and I want to make sure my investors are protected. And of course I want to be protected. Um, I want to make sure if we get audited uh, by, you know, the SEC or anybody um, that, you know, we've got things in place that we should have in place. So it's super important. And I know attorneys are, are not cheap, but man, they, they just, they're going to save you in the end. That cost and the time and the head damage that did, you know, would have been well worth the attorney fees. So so yeah, uh, that that was just a an annoyance that I learned from. Yeah, that yeah that sounds like a big one, especially with the, the price tag on it uh, to learn that yeah. lesson. Yeah, and I mean you know I can sit here and bash the owners, which you know that's a whole other story. I, I, you know they they obviously had their you know reasons, um, but it doesn't matter. Like I could think they're the worst people in the world and that they were totally corrupt and wrong. Um, but it doesn't matter. They still lost that money. You know, and I do think they were wrong and I do think that they owed me a lot of money um, and they got away with a lot, but you know, that's beside the point. The point is you got to have good, strong contracts. Yeah. You got to own up to your mistakes. And I made that mistake. Yeah, I'm certainly not uh, free of mistakes either, but I think, you know, human beings learn through their own experience, through making mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and so it's okay as long as you learn from your mistakes uh, to make some, and as long as no one dies in the process. Yeah. Uh, so my mistakes, uh, one I want to talk about is over-repairing. My first house that I bought, uh, a triplex, the tenants were complaining about 
uh, heat loss because the windows were old. And so I, um, I you know, got all new windows, 33 windows. Uh, and so it was not a, not a, a cheap thing, but it turned out to not even be the thing that was really causing uh, the, the heat loss um, during the wintertime anyway. So I over-repaired and wasn't able to increase the rent uh, for that to really account for the increased costs out of pocket. So that was uh, yeah. a costly mistake for me, you know, $18,000 for me as opposed to 70 for you. But uh, Yeah, and, it, and that might, you know, that's $18,000. You pr probably added a tiny bit of value to your house, but not much. I mean, windows just don't, unless they're falling apart. But quite frankly, I mean, people actually like some of the old windows. They think it looks, you know, nice and historic. Uh, I don't know what age property it was, but uh, windows just don't add value unless they're broken. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've done that same thing. Actually, the opposite, though under improving a property. My very first property I bought, and part of it was due to the lack of financial capability. Uh, but the very first property I bought was a rental house or one of, I bought like three at once, right? But one of the first properties I bought was this rental house and I under improved it. I put in cheap finishes. I bought the cheapest cabinets you could possibly buy. Um, which I shouldn't have even bought those cabinets. I should have just left the current cabinets that were in place and just painted them because what I replaced them with were absolute junk. You know, so why spend the money on new cabinets if you're going to put in the worst of the worst? And, you know, did, did just cheap finishes. Uh, got it rented out and rented it out several times. It just wasn't able to get that good of tenants. I bought a property two houses down. This is where I realized I really didn't improve it properly because I bought a house, two houses down. I improved that one properly and I was able to get really good tenants in there and it had quite a bit higher rent for the same house, four bedroom, one and a half bath, got another 150 bucks for rent and got way, way better tenants uh, in there. And so the next opportunity I had when I actually had some money uh, was to, renovate that house to the standard that I, I should have. So over improving, big mistake, under improving can be also a mistake as well. Yep. And the, those are um, cinch kits, I think they're called, uh, to renovate the uh, kit, uh, cupboard uh, doors um, to make up them look new and you don't have to replace the whole cupboard themselves. Yeah. And there's times for that. Sometimes you can't. You know, some of the old, yep. especially like 1980s cabinets were made with cheap MDF and there's really nothing you can do. They mm. just have to be replaced. Um, but especially kind of some older cabinets that were that are from like the 50s and 60s, uh, those are all wood product. And a lot of those, the, the most you have to do is to replace the doors. And you can actually get a really nice looking cabinet if you paint, clean them up, paint them, and replace the doors and just reface them. So it really, really depends on what's there. But, but yeah, I mean, over-improving, under-improving can be a, a big mistake. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is gonna be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500, units this conference is for you if you want to get into commercial real estate this conference is for you 
And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are gonna be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out, I'll see you there. Here's another mistake I made when I uh, buying uh, another property. I um, thought there was going to be a problem with one of the uh, showers being on an external wall. And the seller said, oh, it was no problem. It used to be a problem, but we had fixed it. And I could tell that they had couldn't quite tell for sure. Uh, he thought it might be okay, uh, but without you know, opening up the walls, uh, you know, it's not something you can tell for sure. And so it turns out it was still a problem. And, and so now I have to re-renovate the freshly renovated place uh, or shower uh, to get that issue finally resolved. Um, and whereas if I had insisted on checking into the walls beforehand, before I bought it, uh, that could have been, I could have renegotiated the price or had them fix that uh, before the purchase. Yeah. And, you know, some of those, some of the stuff in, in a house can be difficult, right? Because you might not be able to see it. You know, we uh, we bought a, a duplex at one point in time and ended up doing really, really well on it. But um, as we're renovating it, we were renovating it and taking it from a duplex to a single family. And there was an, a, a kind of this little new addition that was old, that had been done a long time ago. But it, it was an addition to the house. And after we started ripping things out, we found out that there was no foundation underneath it. Um <laughs> So it was just resting on dirt. It cost us quite a bit of money to go in, and we were able to do a pure footing at least because it was a small enough addition. But it you know, cost us a decent amount of money. And same thing with the porch, the front porch, which uh, I actually kind of knew uh, about the front porch, but the front porch was very similar. There was, there was no footings. It was just sitting on the dirt, and there was a, there was a finished space above it. So you – obviously had to have pure footing. So we, we had to dig, um, you know, full frost footings. We're in Minnesota. We have to dig, you know, big frost footings down 42 inches um, with a, with a footer. So, so yeah, th that was big mistakes. And the, 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 again, the porch I kind of knew about, but the other addition I didn't, and, and I should have, right. Because it, all you got to do is look in the basement and you could have, I could have really, it would have been some studying, but I could have figured out that, there's no foundation under there. There possibly isn't. Um, so really doing thorough inspections, I would say is a mistake that I've made. And, and that that's come a couple times uh, on my properties, not doing thorough inspections and then getting caught in, in that um, one, and this is a, this is not a necessarily an inspection prior to purchase, but this is a walkthrough. I would suggest always doing a walkthrough of the property prior to closing. Um, especially if you've got a foreclosure, like I had, and we, we bought a, a house, single family house. We were going to flip. It was in the middle of winter. Uh, went there about, I, I think it was like five days, three to five days uh, prior to closing. And in the meantime, uh, the water got turned on in the middle of winter. And there was no heat. Water got water filled up the boiler and the boiler, all the boiler lines, the radiator lines, all the water lines. Um, closing the property, you know, five 
three to five days later, whatever it was, and uh, went to the property and there was busted radiators everywhere. Huh. So that was a $15,000 mistake uh, right there because we had to rip all that stuff out, redo all the plumbing, redo the boiler lines. There's, we didn't actually replace the boiler. We put a brand new furnace in there. But it was a big mistake, and it could have been avoided had I not um, been lazy and just went and walked the property prior to closing. And especially, like I said, on a foreclosure, you should be doing it pretty much like right before the closing or hiring somebody to do it right before the closing to make sure that everything's good, um, especially in our state in the winter. Mm -hmm. So double and triple checking things uh, to make yeah. sure they're in good order. Yeah, because had I, had I walked that and that would have been the case, I could have easily got a, a bank credit. I guarantee they would have done it. Um, you know, they would, it would have been really simple to, to show them what had happened and to say, hey, I can't close on it right now at that price. You're going to have to knock off the price of the damages. Probably could have actually got a pretty healthy, uh, probably more than what it cost me. Um, but regardless, I, I should have checked that. So inspections are really important. Sewer inspections, that's, that's came to bit me, bite me a couple times, not uh, getting a sewer scope. So I always do a sewer scope uh, on all my properties. It costs a lot of money, but it's, it's well worth it, uh, especially if you're buying a property that's over 20 years old. There's a, lot of there's a big chance that there's roots and all kinds of other stuff, disconnected lines, all kinds of stuff. You don't want to go in there and, and have that, you know, fifteen to twenty to thirty thousand dollar repair to dig up the street and stuff. Yeah, blockages from people pouring in fat or or whatever. Yeah, all kinds of and... oh, who knows, all kinds of stuff. Definitely, um, you wouldn't buy a house buy a house with septic and well without doing a, a septic and well inspection. Why would you buy a house that has water and sewer from the city and not expect to do a, an inspection there? That's a gamble if you don't check. Right. Right. Um, what else, Matt? Anything else? Probably my biggest mistake I made, especially when I was starting out, uh, and I've talked about this before, was you know not networking and thinking that I could do it all on my own. Uh, and I probably could have avoided some of these mistakes had I had a network whom I could bounce off ideas. You know, where I could talk with, hey, tenants are complaining about heat. Uh, you know, what should I do about that? And I could have uh, found out some different options. Uh, that would have actually been helpful rather than you know, me getting new windows that didn't actually help. Yeah, that's a good point. I would, I would actually double down on that and say that's, that's a mistake that I made too. I mean, when I, when I first started doing this business and even shoot, even till, up until about four or five years ago, people would ask me what I did and I would just say I'm in, in real estate and they'd say, Oh, you're a realtor. And I'd say, uh, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't expand on it. You know, I just, they would, they would try to dig in and ask me questions and I would just kind of, you know, I didn't really want to brag about myself. I didn't want to talk about how many you know, units I had, anything like that. And I still, it's like, like I talk about it now, um, but I still feel a little uncomfortable sometimes with it because I don't like sounding arrogant. Uh, and I fear sometimes that if I tell people what I've done, that sounds arrogant, but you know, you've got to get out there. You've got to tell people what you've done. You've got to, You've got to give people advice uh, about your experiences and then, and then also be humble enough to take advice and, and, you know, ask for advice as well. And, um, 
but overall just network, just be out there, just meeting people. Um, and, and that's something that I just kind of did it on my own and didn't want other people to, to really know what I was doing. Um, because I just, yeah, like I said, I just, I don't know. I was just shy about it, I guess. It's just, it was, it was just probably not the right choice, but, but networking is huge and building those networks is, is going to be a big part of your overall success in your business. And so I've totally flipped that now. And I try my best to talk with everybody and, and anyone and uh, be open and share what I know and learn what other people know and, uh, you know, try to try to do it with humility. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so huge to build your networks and, you know, just keep on meeting people and allowing your business to grow. Yeah. Chances are when you're just starting out, uh, you know, you're not the only person to face the challenge that you're facing right now, uh, whatever it may be. And if you just, you know, network and, and ask around, you can get some great advice from other people who are willing to help you. Uh, and, and you can network at local meetups on bigger pockets. Uh, we have that North star uh, real estate conference that's coming up in April. Yep. All great opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Take advantage of those things and, and get out there and, and meet people. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I would say it, that I did, and again, this is not, I wouldn't call this a mistake, right? Because I've got a lot of good experience and I did a lot of things that I'm, I'm happy of and proud of and, and it's all pushed my business forward. But I think one of the biggest, you know, things that I, I would say is I didn't think big all the time. At times I thought big and, and I grew uh, and then I kind of let myself get comfortable and stall out. And I've talked about that previously, about just getting comfortable and being complacent. Um, so I think that's a big mistake. And a lot of us make it like just get complacent. And, you know, we, we kind of lose focus on what we set out to do because we're at a point where it's really going to be hard and painful and potentially set us back if we, you know, go to the next level. So we just say, Hey, you know what, uh, I'm going to just sit here. You know, there was a time where I thought about just keeping all my rentals and just buying a couple here and there, single family duplexes and so on, and just continue to grow that slowly and kind of organically. And, you know, cause it would be, it'd be easy. Right. And I wouldn't have to do a lot of work and I was already making good money on the rentals that I had. So why not just do that, do a flip or two a year and, you know, take it easy. And then I thought, well, that, that's, that's really not what I want. You know, that's, that's, I don't want to take it easy. I want to make a massive impact on the world. So you have to get uncomfortable, right? You have to be pushing, you have to be thinking big. And that's something that I definitely got complacent for a while um, there. And that was, that was, that's been a long time now, but um, I didn't get into the large multifamily commercial space as early as what I, when now looking back, oh man, I should have been into the space three to five years before I actually went in because I just got comfortable. So don't get fat and happy. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely a big mistake, not uh, figuring out what it is that you want and then taking the massive action to be able to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so easy to, so easy to get complacent. It's just, it's just so easy to do. So. Yeah. 
Any uh, great examples? Other great examples of mistakes that you've made? I mean, man, there, there's there's so many out there, but I think the the real lesson that I want to give to people is make sure you're reflecting on yourself, your business, and I mean, reflect on a you know potentially a daily basis, but at least a you know monthly basis of reflecting. Okay, what did I get done this month? What are my goals? Where am I at? Am am I pushing myself or am I just comfortable? You know, um, what mistakes have I made and how can I learn from them and how can I shift and, you know, just continuing to reflect upon how your business is being run, how your personal life is being run and, and making the adjustments as necessary. Cause if we just continue to plug along, it can be two, three, four, five years. Like for me, uh, where I got complacent for, you know, several years, uh, with doing what I was doing, yeah, you know, and I was actually doing some big things. I mean, most people never flipped, you know, 50, 40, 50 houses in a year. Um, and a lot of people go, wow, that's a lot. And yeah, maybe it is, but I, I look at that and go, that was just me being complacent. That was me doing what I knew how to do and was, you know, fairly good at and not stretching myself uh, to go out there and, and do what I really wanted to do. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's all I got. You got any other things that you want to hit on? No, that's it for today. <clears throat> cool. Awesome. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day, and we will talk to you next week, like every day Saturday, man. Sounds good. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.